Hello, and welcome to Harp Column Podcast, taking you behind the stories in Harp Column from a practical harpist perspective. My name is Christina Finch, and I will be your guide to all things harp. Music for today's episode features clips from two pieces written and performed by our guest for episode number 58, Joseph Rebman. If Joe's name sounds familiar to you, it's because you might have run across his Q&A a few months back. He's a Cincinnati-based harpist and composer who we should all be keeping our eye on. For the November-December 2019 issue of Harp Column, Joe is featured in the Career Building Column. This fascinating young player has a lot to offer our community. So let's hop right into my conversation with Joe about how the premiere of his harp concerto Hyperion first got him connected with Harp Column. I went to Harp Column once the video for the concerto was published. I was like, hey, I'm trying to get the word out about this concerto because I feel like it's kind of a big deal and I worked really hard on it. So I went to them, showed them the link, and then they were like, yes, we'd love to do a little thing about this. That was when they did the Q&A on the website only. Then Allison came back to me directly and said, hey, we'd like to do a article in the career building column that they've been doing for a while now. So what came first for you, harp playing or composing? Harp, by far. Okay, so when did you start composing and what kind of led you in that direction? My senior year in high school, my high school decided to offer uh, music theory, music history, as something were like a quarter of each, it was really small, little bits of each one. And it was the band teacher that was just teaching it. For our final project in music theory, he wanted us to write a fugue. It was not a fugue. It was a canon around. But he called it a fugue. So we went to the computer lab, had finale, and just kind of fiddled around with it. I figured it out kind of quickly. So we still had a few more days of like, okay, we're going to the computer lab every day. If you're done, write something else. Super cool. Public school or private school? Public school. The magic of public school. Don't worry, we'll come back to Joe's music. But first, I wanted to ask him about his career. If you read the article, you'll know what Joe's talking about in the next segment. But just in case you haven't gotten around to cracking open your newest harp column, I'll fill you in. A little over two years ago, upon completing his schooling and moving to Cincinnati, Joe inherited a teaching job from his former teacher, Michelle Gwynn, at Cincinnati's School for the Creative and Performing Arts, Joe will call it SCPA, a public magnet school that makes learning harp accessible for kids from all walks of life in Cincinnati, Ohio. With that clarified, let's get back to Joe. How many students in total do you have? Oh boy. Yeah, um, bringing the tough questions right at the beginning. <laughs> my school program the, at SCPA is 20 kids this year. It's harp ensemble every day as a class. I am there fifth through ninth bell. The classes are beginner, advanced beginner, immediate, advanced. The higher ones, the ages are mixed because it's by skill, not by age. So that's my every day. I do that every single day. At NKU, Northern Kentucky University, I have two undergrads who are both non-majors. So I see them every other week for an hour. Also at SCPA, they have a after-school private lessons program 
where the school has scholarships. Beginning of the school year, on the previous two years, I was still figuring out what I was doing, how to be a teacher and all this kind of stuff. This year, I was like, I feel like I'm prepared, I'm ahead of the game. I got the little application form. I hand gave one to every single kid in the book, all 20 of them. 13 of them brought it back. But those 13 plus the two who are already taking lessons elsewhere meant that 15 of my 20 students wanted private lessons on top of the everyday class of Harp Ensemble. That's like heartwarming. Yes. <laughs> I was so excited. Last year I had four. Oh. Jumped from four to 13. I was like, it worked. <laughs> That's awesome. And I kind of anticipated that to happen. So before the school year started, I talked to my boss and said, if there are this many kids wanting to take lessons, I don't have time for that. To jump from four to 13, I don't have time to teach that many lessons every week. So we actually this year hired another teacher to help me out. So there are two harp teachers at the school. I'm teaching six of them. And then the other teacher that was hired this year is covering the other seven. So they're all covered between the two of us. So you are a full-time freelancer, full-time teacher, full-time player. You play in orchestras. You, you teach at a university. You teach at a public school. You are a busy person. Yes. <laughs> so do you have any tips for people that they're having trouble finding balance in their freelancing life? Oh, I think the best thing I could say from experience would be super, super scheduling. I have a paper planner that I use that I will scribble things out, rewrite things, and I open it every single day and make sure, okay, have I forgotten anything? What's going on next week I should be planning ahead for? I also love post-it notes. In college, I quite literally have post-it notes all around my computer screen. Now that they have digital post-it notes, I'm really crazy with them. <laughs> I have a bunch of those color-coded of like, soon, not so soon, just general ideas. Something I find really helpful for brains that just go and go and go and go. I'm like, this is a great idea. I don't want to forget it, but I know it's not going to be something that happened right now. I post enough for that of just thoughts, ideas, brainstorms of like, it's not important. Someday it'd be great, but I don't want to forget it because I know I'll keep stewing about it. Throughout the years, you've heard me talk about all the different branches of Harp Column, whether it's Harp Column Music, Harp Column Academy, our active Harp Forums, the Harp Classifieds, Q&As, Performance Spotlights, or blogs. Without Harp Column Magazine, none of these resources would exist. If you've been waiting to subscribe to the print magazine for some reason, but have still been enjoying the fruits of the Harp Column labor, then this message is for you. Stop dilly-dallying. Put on your big kid pants and head over to www.harpcolumn.com to subscribe today. Imagine a world without the harp news and updates that you've come to expect. That's not a world I want to live in. 
subscribe today, and gain access to current and past issues. Plus, you get our beautiful, shiny magazine delivered right to your house every other month. With a yearly cost of less than the value of one massage. Treat yourself. Subscribe today. remiss not to talk more about Joe's music. Everything that you've heard so far in this episode comes from Joe's concerto, Hyperion. I highly suggest taking 22 minutes and 20 seconds out of your life to listen to the full recording. There'll be a link to a YouTube video of the full performance in the notes for this episode. Premiered at the Mostly Modern Festival, a summer festival that celebrates music of our time, run by Victoria and Robert Patterson, a composer whose name is pretty well known in the harp community, and who has played teacher to Joe throughout his composition studies. This festival offered Joe an opportunity that is more rare than most of us can really appreciate. I wrote the piece a while ago, and I've done multiple compositions trying to get a premiere of the concerto. And when it finally happened, I was like, ah, so much hard work to make this actually happen. And the fact that it was with Rob, who I had known for so many years at this point, had worked with multiple times, I was like, this just makes so much sense. Yeah, I can't even imagine. I know how challenging it is as a performer just to try and convince an ensemble to play a piece mm -hmm. of music that's, you know, like public domain. You can get the parts yeah. on IMSLP. And you're up against the wall of this is a piece of contemporary music also. Like, mm -hmm. I yep. I can't oh, even yeah. imagine how challenging that is as a composer to get it took a piece so like long. that played. Yeah. The, the closest I got before this was Coeur d'Alene, Idaho has a competition. That's a national wide competition, but it's just a, a regular competition. So I was competing against violins playing Zigan. And I was a harpist playing my own composition. I went, the pianist I had was really struggling. So like in the moment I was like, I am the composer, don't play that, don't play that, change this, to, to just make it cohesive. So we're like in the rehearsal room changing things on the score as we're going. We play it, it actually goes pretty well. And I end up being, they did not announce second or third place, they, they just called us both honorable mention, but they specifically announced of like, this doesn't really happen very often, someone brings their own piece. But it was very impressive. So I think there were like 10, 15 of us, other ones being mostly violins, playing very standard things. I beat Zigan. The person who played Zigan did not place. I, I beat multiple people playing standard repertoire. And I got so close. Heartbreaking. <laughs> and what a shame. What a shame that would have been to not have your piece ever. Because it is a spectacular piece. Like, it is a substantial piece of, of repertoire for us, for our community. It's, it is insane. It's insane to me. Thank you. It feels very good to hear another harpist say that. No, I loved your piece. Like, I was ready to like it when I sat down to listen to it. I really enjoyed it. I would, <laughs> I would like to play it. Like, I, th yeah. I think it looks like so much fun to play.
With all of my harp music, because I'm writing it for myself, the main thing I think while writing is, what do I want to play? I think about all of my favorite pieces and the elements of them that make them favorites, and I like to use those as starting points. Then you can bounce from there. I get more into composer world of, okay, good line, good shape, good form. But I always start with like a little list of things that I enjoy that I think would make sense thematically together as certain concepts and ideas. That's it for episode number 58. Many thanks to my guest, Joseph Rebman. If you want to learn more about Joe and his music, take a look at the notes for this episode to find links to his website, the Q&A from September, his YouTube video of Hyperion, and so much more. Music for this episode is performed by Joseph Rebman. So far, we've heard excerpts from Hyperion, Joe's concerto for harp and orchestra. But to close this episode out, I wanted to feature another of Joe's composition. Eros for solo harp. I just find this piece stunning, and I know you will too. Stick around to hear a full performance of the work, which is also available for purchase through Joe's website. To learn more about Harp Column, please visit www.harpcolumn.com and subscribe today to gain access to current and past issues, as well as a ton of great web content. My name is Dr. Christina Finch, and we at Harp Column hope that you have a wonderful week. 